Hey friends, do you ever feel like trying to lead a healthy life has got really overcomplicated? Like all of the diets, the weight loss shakes, the healthy foods in the stores, it's so confusing. And on today's episode, I wanna talk about making healthy living simpler. Like actually really taking things right back to three key things that in my mind are essential. And in today, we're gonna be talking specifically about making healthy eating less complicated because I don't know about you, my friend, I am fed up of counting points, counting sins, weighing all my food. Now go and grab a pen and paper or maybe even your knife and fork and let's dig in. Hey friend, welcome to the Fit Productive Mom podcast. I'm your host SJ. I'm an outspoken women's health advocate, productivity guru, daughter of the king, and a 40-something mum to a sassy, independent daughter. If you feel stressed out, overwhelmed, and hate what you see in the mirror, then that stops right here. I'm here to arm you with the knowledge you need to better understand your mind and body so that you can live a life free of diets, fitness fads, and comparison. If you're ready to commit to making yourself a priority, to reconnect with your body and be a present productive parent, then this is the podcast for you. Grab that superfood smoothie and let's dig in. With all of these episodes, if you have been here a while, you know there's often like a bit of a backstory. It's usually something that somebody has said to me that has made me think, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this. And today's episode came off the back of a number of things. I have had many conversations with God recently about where this podcast is going. Like I've been around here a few years now and if you have been on this journey with me from the beginning, like thank you so much. And I've really been asking God, like what are we doing here? What is the purpose behind this podcast? What am I trying to achieve? Who am I trying to help? And also like being completely honest with you, how is this actually going to be something that generates some more income for my family and I? Because I love being here, I love chatting to you, but ultimately, like, I want this to be a business. I don't want this to be a hobby. So I've had some really, really deep conversations with God, and in truth, like, completely honestly, I have really thought about stopping because I have a lot on my plate like you do. And I said to God, I said, right, am I supposed to still be doing this? Like, if this is what I'm meant to be doing, if I'm meant to be talking about women's health and helping women to go against like this idea that we have in society that women have to be a certain way and look a certain size and you know all of these crazy diets that I often speak out against I was like I said to God I was like is this what I'm supposed to be doing and within 24 hours of me having that prayer he put two women who I'm very close to in front of me And we had some conversations, they were telling me about some things that they were doing in their life when it came to diet and that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, I get the hint, like I'm still meant to be here, I'm still meant to be talking about this because this is something that is important. And I feel that for us as women, it's really important for us to be looking after our health, to be pushing back against this diet culture that we have lived with for so long. 
that I need to be the voice of God in so many ways to say to you, God does not want you to be following these fad diets, that he does not want you to be feeling bad about yourself because social media is telling you that you should or shouldn't look a certain way. So let's just go back to the women that I spoke to. So one of them was one of my friends who I talked to when I am picking my daughter up from school. And she was saying to me, I I you I got out of the car and I saw her and I was like, hey, how are you? And she was like, oh, you know, I'm really tired. And I was like, oh, what's up? You know, are you not feeling very well? And she's like, oh, well, I'm doing Weight Watchers and I'm not really eating very much and I'm counting all these points and I just feel so tired and I don't have any energy. And I just like, oh my goodness, like, I just hurt my heart so much to hear people talking about this because it isn't about like our nutrition, our health, it isn't about like depriving ourselves and making ourselves feel bad to lose weight. Like the whole goal of a healthy life is to eat the right food that is gonna give you and support you with the energy that you need. And it genuinely breaks my heart to see women going through this. And the reason it hurts my heart so much is because I have been there. Like I have done literally every single diet that you can possibly imagine. My late 20s, my early 30s, that was what I was obsessed with. And Weight Watchers was one of them. And I've told this story many times before on this podcast. My sister, who is three years younger than me, we were both doing Weight Watchers at the same time. And if you're not familiar with Weight Watchers, and I'm sure it's changed a bit over time now, as these things often do, you count points and you figure out how many points you should be eating a day based on like your weight and your height and your goal weight and that sort of thing. And my sister and I, we used to like compete with each other. We would see who could eat the least amount of points and it got to a point where it was so bad, like we almost were on the edge of having a form of eating disorder, of anorexia. And It's just so sad when I hear people that I care about in my network, who are people that I see every single day, who are putting themselves through these diets and making themselves feel miserable because that, my friend, is not what life is about. And it is certainly not what we want to be teaching our children, is it? So that was one of my friends. And then the other one was one of my other female friends, again, another mum at school, and I saw a post on her Facebook and she put along the lines of pig to stick, I will get skinny. And there was a picture of her sat on her exercise bike. And this girl is one of the most beautiful souls. She really is. She's so kind. She's so generous. She has the biggest heart. And it just breaks my heart that she is judging herself based on the fact that she might be carrying a few extra pounds because she is a busy mum who also works a really full-on job, caring for other people in her job. And it just is so sad to see this. And this is why today's episode really is about making like food and healthy eating simple. Because I don't know about you, 
but I really feel like healthy eating has got so overcomplicated. And for so many of us, if you're a similar age to me, like so many years of our 20s and our 30s were spent being like, literally like surrounded by these diet cultures and going to a Weight Watchers meeting or going to a Slimming World meeting was just something that you did on a regular basis. And if you think about it, and I am gonna like, I am gonna pick on Weight Watchers because I've done it. And I have also done Slimming World as well and a whole load of the other diet shakes and things like that. But what about you? Like how many diets, if you think over the past 10 years of your life, like how many diets have you done? How much money have you potentially spent on weight loss shakes, on diet pills, like buying so-called healthy foods that you think are gonna help you to lose weight? And I know that this is something that is in your in our culture. We have lived with it for so long. And I'm gonna pick on Weight Watchers, I said specifically, because I did some research into them as an organization. Now, Weight Watchers is a multinational corporation. It is in like countries across the world. And you have to pay to go to meetings or you have to pay to be a member online and access their resources online. And as a member of Weight Watchers, Weight Watchers also have like their own products, they have recipe books, they have meals, they have, I mean, you can buy a Weight Watchers can of baked beans, <laughs> like in your shop. There's ice creams, there's sweets, there's all sorts of things. They're a multinational corporation. And I did a little bit of research into like their profits and stuff. And in 2019, Weight Watchers, like, profits was 786 million. Their gross margin in 2020 was 56.4%. Now that means that for a company like Weight Watchers, their profit margin is around 56% of the services that they are giving you. So that means that when you're going to your meetings and all of those sorts of things, say you're handing over like a fiver, £2.50 of that, that fiver is profit for that company. I don't know if you remember as well that Oprah Winfrey actually became the face of Weight Watchers in 2016 it was. And she bought like 10% of the country and since then, she has made $400 million from that. And when you think about it, like that is so, so wrong because people are making money out of overcomplicating healthy eating. And it is just this like constant cycle of being surrounded by junk food and companies marketing like unhealthy foods that taste amazing and make our brains go all crazy, that are full of calories, full of sugar, full of fat, so we put on weight, combining that with a, quite a sedentary lifestyle with the type of jobs that we have. So it's this cycle of eating junk food and then paying to do these diets. And it's this up and down roller coaster, isn't it? And I know, because I've done it myself. And I bet, I bet if you are listening to me right now, I bet that you have done that too. And how many times have you gone to something like Weight Watchers or Slimming World and you failed at that diet? And then you started another one. 
And that is not what God wants for you. It's not what he wants for me. It is not what he wants for our children. And I really feel that it is my job to speak out against this. It is my job just to make things simple. Like, let's just go back to making living a healthy life simple because it doesn't have to be complicated. These companies are big business and they make a lot of money from people like you and me who start these diets, these ridiculous diets that set ourselves up for failure and then they don't work. And that is what they are relying on. And that is what these organizations are all about. So here in this community, we are all about doing things differently. We are about honoring ourselves. We're about making our life easy, making our life simple. And I want to set you a little challenge. I want you to consider this question. What if we just stopped eating processed food and ate more simple, unprocessed foods? And I want you to think for a moment, like what would that look like for you in your house? And maybe even write that question down. What if we just stopped eating processed foods and ate simple, unprocessed foods? Now, unprocessed foods are gonna look different for different people. And I'm just gonna run through like five examples. So to give you an idea of where foods that you have in your house might actually sit in the categories. And I think what you're probably gonna find is that you are gonna have a line where you think, do you know what? Like, this is what I want to work towards. I wanna work at removing this category of food from my house first and take it step by step. Like, you know, no one's saying that you have to be perfect or you have to do all of these things at once. But let's just run through these five categories and see, you know, for yourself, where do you want to aim for? Like, what kind of foods do you want to take out of your house, out of your diet? And yes, I know you're probably sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to make my life more difficult. Yes, you are going to have to cook because that is the reality of it. And if you think about... And if we kind of like jump into a time machine and we were to go back to like the 1970s when in the UK 1974 was when the first McDonald's opened. In 1979 was when the first ready meal was created and sold in the shops. And 1980 obesity levels in in the UK were only at 13%. But if you fast forward and jump back into your time machine and go to 2008, obesity levels in the UK were 36%. So something had happened, and I don't know about you, it kind of screams the obvious to me. It was over those 28 years when there were more ready meals, there were more takeaways, and that is why so many people began struggling with obesity. And it's around this time when these diet companies like popped up offering you the magic solution, when actually the easiest solution is taking our food and nutrition back to basics and making it simple and removing these highly processed foods. So let's go through the five categories. Get ready with your pen and paper. So the first category is absolutely like the unprocessed foods. So these are things in your diet that are naturally edible. Things like meat, plants, fruits, vegetables, nuts. And when it comes to meat, 
I will just add a side note in here. We're talking about meat in its natural form. So for example, a chicken breast that hasn't been treated and not things like bacon or ham because they have been cured, they've been sorted, they've been processed, they've got lots of additives. So those are kind of like your real classic like unprocessed foods. Number two are minimally processed foods. So these are things that have been slightly changed because it means that you can preserve it. So this could be including things that are fermented like pickles, it could be um, a process of grinding like hummus or pasteurization if you are somebody like we do in this house where you have dairy products. Number three is processed culinary ingredients. So think oils, plant oils, flour and pasta because they're made and things that are made from whole grains. So think about your pasta that's been made from other products that has been processed but you might feel that pasta is an acceptable level of processing because it hasn't necessarily, if you were to read the ingredients on a packet of pasta, it hasn't got a whole list of E numbers or it hasn't got extra sugars and fats added to it. So this is where I feel it's around sort of number three, number four, number two, number three, number four, where you are personally gonna find your own like level of what you feel is right for you in your house. So that was number three, processed culinary ingredients. Think plant oils, flour, and pasta. When it comes to oils, I think this is quite an important side note, is thinking about if you are somebody who eats like butter, for example, that could be counted as a minimally processed food because that would have gone under a form of pasteurization but probably doesn't have an awful lot of additives to it because it's an animal fat. But plant oils like rapeseed oil, vegetable oil, that sort of thing, they often have gone through an awful lot more of a process to get them into a state where they are liquid in a bottle for you to pour and use if you're like cooking with it, for example. Okay, number four are processed foods. So these are foods that might have some added salt, sugar, or fat. Often this can be things like canned fruit, canned vegetables, maybe some forms of cheese. Yogurt is a good example of this. So if you go into a store and you look, and I always talk about yogurt, I know I always talk about yogurt, but you could go into a store and you could buy like a natural yogurt that is literally like just yogurt made from milk. Or you could buy a yogurt that also has like chocolate bits added to it or pieces of fruit added to it, which will likely have extra sugar or fat added to it. Can you see, I think I'm hopefully I'm sort of explaining the difference. Um, canned fish is a really good example. So if you like to eat a, a can of tuna, like the less processed version of tuna is gonna be tuna in spring water, but a more processed version of tuna is gonna be tuna that sits in a sunflower oil. Because of course that's gonna have like an impact on the calories and also like the, the, the way the product is, the texture, those sorts of things. 
And these foods are typically gonna be made from about at least two to three ingredients. Okay, and the last one, number five, are your ultra processed foods. And I don't think I really need to kind of like, these are your takeaways. These are things like cookies, crisps, frozen dinners, all of those like lunch meats, um, you know, sausages from the deli, all of those kind of things. And they have basically been added to, so they've taken the unprocessed foods, they've brought a number of different unprocessed foods together, they've added salt, sweeteners, maybe fat, you know, think about like <laughs> like Diet Coke, for example, um, they've got pre preservatives, and the reason that they've got those things is because it means that they're gonna be able to sit on the shelf for longer, perhaps it's gonna make the texture better, um, and maybe make them tastier, so like Pringles, for example, you know, they've been made by potato from potatoes ultimately, but they've had lots and lots of other things added to them. So of those five that I've just mentioned there, so um, you're starting with your number one unprocessed, number two minimally processed, number three processed culinary ingredients, so your pastas and things, number four processed foods, and number five ultra processed foods. I think for you, it might be an idea at home to look at those lists and maybe go through the things that you have in your house and think, okay, like where do these sit like almost on a line when it comes to the processing? And having a look at the ingredients is a really good way of kind of, you know, sort of thinking about this. Because ultimately what we're trying to do is eat food in its most natural state because that means it has the highest amount of nutrients, your body's gonna get the most from it. It's also probably likely to be cheaper, and it also means you're not gonna get all of the extra calories and sugars and preservatives and things like that, just that don't serve any nutritional value. So what I would challenge you to do with those five categories bearing, bearing those in mind is almost like think about what you've got in your cupboards. Like where do those foods sit almost on, if you were kind of like to have a number one to five, where would that sit? One being unprocessed and five being ultra processed, where would those foods sit? And where, if you, where is your like boundary? If you've got foods that sit for you on a four and five, are they, alter, are they gonna go in the bin? Or is it just the fives? Maybe you're just gonna start with the things that you feel are ultra processed and you're gonna get a bin bag and you're gonna chuck them in the bin. And you're gonna say, right, that's enough now, we're not having those. Maybe that's where you're gonna start. And if that is you, like I salute you, I think that is a really, really good place to start. So a couple of tips, if you're going through this process as well, is to make sure like if you think about the food that you have in your house is aim to kind of have about 70 to 80% of that as food that doesn't need a label. And by that, I mean, think about like an apple, a pear, like um, a steak, a piece of chicken. Like they don't need a label to tell you what is in it because chicken is chicken. You know, a, a pear is a pear it hasn't got anything added to it. So try and aim to have, this is my, my one of my really top tips, is trying to aim to have like somewhere between 70 to 80% of the food in your house 
is food that doesn't need a label. And not only is that going to be good for you, it's also going to help the environment because it's not going to need packaging as well. My second top tip is really read your labels and look at what the main ingredients are. And if you're not familiar with food labels, when you're reading a food label, the first ingredient on the label is the ingredient that is the most of in that product. And if you have a look at things like, say like ketchup or red sauce, whatever you call it, okay? Now, if you look at different types of ketchup, they're gonna have different ingredients. And I did, uh, I took a couple of photos of the ingredients in one ketchup versus the ingredients in another. Now, if your kids love ketchup, can you find a ketchup that doesn't have added sugar? Because that is gonna be a really, really simple way of just removing some hidden sugars. If you're somebody who maybe you buy like a jar of like curry sauce to make a curry and you're adding the sauce to the chicken that you're cooking to make a chicken curry. Have a look at the label, like is there added sugar in it? Is there added oil to it? Do you need that oil? Or could you buy like some dry spices and make that curry yourself from scratch? Or could you get a tin of tomatoes and add the spices to the tomatoes, maybe some natural yogurt and actually make that sauce yourself. And it's not gonna have the hidden sugars and it's not gonna have the hidden preservatives. And I know it's hard because the the result of this ultimately is that you are gonna be probably, well, more than likely, unless you can afford a personal chef, as a household, you're gonna have to cook more of your food. And I know that's quite easy for me to say. And I think it's quite easy for me to say sitting where I live in the UK, in a really rural location where we don't have access to Uber Eats or Just Eat, I have to be organized with my food because I can't phone up and get a takeaway. I have to cook the majority of food from scratch because there isn't someone nearby where I can go and pick up food from. So I challenge you to almost like imagine that you are like I am, like you've gotta have everything in the house and you're gonna have everything in its most natural state to then cook that food. And if you live with another adult, a man, if you live with older children, it is also their responsibility to do this as well. It is not just your sole responsibility. Unless you love cooking and you're like Nigella or something, then you fill your boots. But I really think it's important if you live with another adult that you both take the responsibility for the health of your family to cook healthy meals. And this is something that we are working towards in this house and it has certainly been a challenge with Tim sometimes. But also think about if you've got older children, can you be teaching them how to cook? Can you be setting them up for success so that when they're older and they move out, they know how to make a meal. They know how to make healthy food. They know how to meal prep. They know how to do meal plans. This simplicity in having the food in its most natural form, touching it, feeling it, knowing what it is, because so many kids don't actually even know what's in their food these days, is a whole education on its own. 
And it's definitely an absolute gift that you could be giving to your children to set them up for success in the future. So my friend, are you gonna try it? Where are you gonna start? Think about those one to five groups of food. Think about spending some time looking at what you have in your cupboards. Where does that food sit? Which group do you wanna get rid of? And I really strongly suggest start with five. Like if you've got packets of cookies and you've got crisps and things in the house, maybe they're the things that need to go first. And then maybe you can be adding in some more fruit. Maybe like cook some bits of chicken and get your kids to snack on chicken and celery and cucumber and bits of cheese. Like where does the food sit in your house? Which are the things that you wanna get rid of? Start there. I would love to know if you are gonna give this a try. I would love to hear how you get on. As always, send me an email. My email is in the show notes. And if you need any help and support with this, go and check out my Productive Mum Fitness Framework. The link to that is in the show notes. If you are fed up of the diet roller coaster, if you've tried all of the diets and none of them have worked, and you really like the idea of just making healthy living more simple, this is definitely the program for you. You are gonna learn how to find the time for healthy eating and how to find the time for your fitness. And then you will also learn the right nutrition and the right exercise that you need to be doing to achieve your goals. It is a mixture of an online program and also some one-to-one coaching sessions with me via Zoom. You also get Voxer check-ins as well between our coaching sessions. I will send you some messages via Voxer just to see how you are getting on and you can reach out to me at any time and ask me any questions that you might have as well as the online course, the one-to-one coaching, the Voxer accountability. You also get the e-download of my planner, the She Rises planner, which will be an amazing accompaniment for you as you go through the journey to making your healthy living simpler. And you also get access to my fitness planner download as well. So, so many good things. If you really are serious about making your health simpler, this is definitely the program for you. I would love to hold your hand and go through this process with you. I'll be there to support you and guide you along the way. The link is in the show notes, go and snag your spot. But if that's not for you right now, no worries. I will catch you in the next episode. I hope you loved today's episode and that you learned something and I pray it blessed you in some way. If so, take a moment to share this with a friend and I would love it if you could take just 30 seconds for me to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it's the only way I know you like the show and I love hearing from you too. 